0: In August, the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Eighth Circuit decided not to intervene in a case involving Arkansas's efforts to exclude Planned Parenthood from its Medicaid program. In a departure from other appeals court decisions in similar cases, the court determined that it didn't have the authority to halt the threatened injury to Medicaid beneficiaries before that injury occurred. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Sarah Rosenbaum a professor of health law and policy at the George Washington University Milken Institute School of Public Health. Professor Rosenbaum has written a perspective article about Doe v. Gillespie and its potential implications for protecting Medicaid beneficiaries from unlawful state conduct. Professor Rosenbaum, can you tell us a bit about Arkansas's decision to exclude Planned Parenthood from the Medicaid program? What rationale did the state give for that decision, and have they implemented it? The
1: state of Arkansas made a decision that now is reflected in what a number of other states have done as well, which was that it would rather not have Planned Parenthood in its Medicaid program as a participating provider because it objects to Planned Parenthood's activities in relation to helping women gain access to legal abortions, including abortions not paid for by Medicaid. Medicaid, of course, pays for very few abortions but they wanted to exclude Planned Parenthood in order to essentially cut off revenue from the organization, and that's what they did.
0: So you mentioned other states. Have any of the attempts to do the same thing, to exclude Planned Parenthood, by other states been challenged in court?
1: Yes, actually the Arkansas decision is the latest in several cases dealing with the same question, and what makes the decision so notable is that in all the other cases, The courts had no problem deciding very quickly that what the beneficiaries who were threatened with the loss of access were raising in court was unlawful state action that harmed their right to coverage. In this case, the Court of Appeals said that beneficiaries could not come to court because, in fact, the Medicaid statute gives them no right to get care from the provider of their choice. And that's what makes this decision so unprecedented and startling
0: so was it a matter of the decisions coming from a more conservative appeals court or what do you think is behind it
1: i would say that this is a case in which one appeals court and it is is interestingly it's the same appeals court that decided the contraceptive access cases also differently from other appeals courts this is a situation in which one appeals court whose outlook on rights under law may be very different from other appeals courts, simply has reached a different conclusion about what federal law allows where actions to protect access to Medicaid benefits are concerned. So other appeals courts have not hesitated to recognize that the right to get care from the qualified provider of one's choice is a right that the courts can redress when it's threatened with loss, whereas this Court of Appeals has decided that there is no right under federal Medicaid law to get health care from the qualified provider of one's choice, and therefore courts are powerless to stop state action. Only the HHS secretary can.
0: You write in your article that the Dose Court focused on that fact, that the Secretary of Health and Human Services has the authority to enforce the Freedom of Choice Guarantee, So in what ways would waiting for the secretary to act be harmful in this sort of case?
1: It's a very harmful thing to wait because HHS, even under what might be more beneficiary-oriented situations, is notoriously slow, number one. And number two... And even more importantly, HHS has no power to intervene before the state law takes effect or before the state action takes effect. So the state decides to cut off Planned Parenthood. A court has the power to tell a state, hold up, you cannot do that until we really consider the merits of what you are doing, that is the legality of what you are doing through a much fuller hearing. Because if you cut off access to Planned Parenthood, thousands of people will lose their family planning benefits in this case. HHS, by contrast, cannot do that. HHS can say to the state, well, we are going to review what you're doing here, but you can certainly go ahead and do it, and we'll get back to you at some point, letting you know whether what you did is legal or not under federal law. And if it's not legal under federal law, then it's a little hard also for HHS to come up with a remedy because it's not as if the state is unlawfully expending federal funds where the HHS response is to say, well, we just won't provide you with the matching funds that you would otherwise be due. This is a case where the state is refusing to let a provider into its program And HHS could try and withhold other federal funding, but that doesn't really get at the problem.
0: Given all that, is there any indication that the Eighth Circuit's decision is going to be challenged? Do you think it's going to make it to the Supreme Court?
1: The way the appeal system works in the federal courts, a panel of judges hands down a decision. And in this case, that's what happened. And then the Court of Appeals... Can decide to either reconsider the case or rehear the case, what's known as en banc, meaning that all of the judges of the circuit, not just a smaller panel, rehear the case. That certainly could happen here. The court has as yet given no indication that it wants to do so. And meanwhile, if it chooses not to do so, if it decides to let its decision stand, then There's a likelihood that the plaintiffs could appeal the case. The plaintiffs also could decide not to appeal the case at all and just leave it as a bad decision in one circuit because of concerns about what might happen if the case does get to the Supreme Court.
0: Finally, what would be the long-term implications for state Medicaid programs if the DOES decision is allowed to stand? Would the effects go beyond reduced access to Planned Parenthood and other family planning services?
1: What's at the heart of those is the question of whether a very specific provision of the Medicaid statute, known as the free choice of provider provision, represents the kind of right that the courts will recognize as enforceable by courts, as opposed to having to wait until HHS makes whatever decision it's going to make. That right, of course, goes to much more than just family planning. It's a right to any covered service from the qualified provider of your choice. And so you could imagine that if the Eighth Circuit does not choose to recognize that right where family planning is concerned, that could be extended to other kinds of services under Medicaid long-term services and supports, nursing home care, hospital care. There are rules that allow state Medicaid agencies to limit access for example, for people in managed care settings. But even when you're in a managed care setting, you don't give up your free choice of provider protections. And so if you follow the logic of the Eighth Circuit, there's nothing about the provision of law at issue here that's limited to family planning, although family planning does have special protections under federal law, which makes this decision that much more puzzling.
0: Thank you, Professor Rosenbaum.